and welcome to Dungeons and Don't Worry About It. And our first little worry, what's wrong with Westberg? My name is Zane Accord. I am your not-so-humble game master for this journey. Joining me around the table, as will join me until we're done worrying about this issue, is... Hey, I'm Arthur. I play Forest Woodman, and I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm Zach Stenzel, playing Stuart Jolly, your favorite librarian with a dead wife. <laughs> God. <laughs> Hi, well, my name is Gavin Slater. I play Damien Wade, a uh, little locksmith that loves to give little little doodads of, of knowledge and nuggets of wisdom to everybody or where. Um, I like animals and dogs. Hey, I'm Mason. I play the only unavailably ironic, I might add, uh, therapist Matt Powers. And if you want to know where you can find me, you can find me on TikTok as Mason Armani, or you can see me on Snapchat, I made some money as well, where I do movie reviews and just all kind of cool stuff. Fantastic. Welcome to Westberg. When we last visited, our four citizens were asked by the mayor, Reginald Jacobs, to investigate what's been going wrong. They first stopped at the bakery to speak to Joanne Jones. Joanne told them of burned bread. While investigating her shop, the lads discovered a ring of mushrooms in a drawer beneath her oven. These mushrooms were promptly removed. Upon exiting the bakery, Stuart got caught in a memory, one from almost exactly seven years prior. He remembered seeing his wife cross the train tracks around Westburg and disappear along with a woman with red hair and a green dress. He kept this to himself. The four citizens then checked up on the local school. After everything there seemed in order, they retired to Forrest's cabin in the forest. Damien went for a wee walk and discovered more and more of those mushroom circles, getting denser and denser the closer he got to the railroads. He called the others over to see. Forrest went to cross the railroad tracks and encountered an almost physical resistance to the action. Upon reaching the other side, he heard many voices express hunger and desire felt a deep sense of dread. At the same time, Dr. Powers received a call from Dr. Green. It was, out, it was about Kiara's condition. She's mostly fine, still unconscious, but bruises in the form of train tracks appeared around her wrists. We start today's story, not with our four main characters, but in the broader town of Westburg. But Zane, I'm in danger. Yeah, well, Listen, we'll get to that in a minute. Trying to kill my wife, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. Welcome what to Westburg. Oh God! Welcome to Westburg, Mason. Oh fuck off! <laughs> Sammy Stevens, a beautiful redheaded woman who owns the local coffee shop, searches through a refrigerator in the back of her shop. The milk, which she has never had to replace, has curdled. She desperately searches for at least one carton that hasn't. Terry Smith, a handsome, dark-haired fellow in a blue postman's uniform, stops in front of a house, confused. Half of the stack of envelopes he grabbed off the counter before he left is empty. The other half holds addresses for the other side of town. Miss Angela Wade stands in front of a classroom of students. As she writes the answer to a math problem, 5 times 7 equals 35, 
her chalk breaks halfway through the last five. She reaches for the block of chalk on her desk, only to discover that she holds the last one. Jonathan Peters, the shopkeeper, stands out front of his grocery store in his blue apron. Before the rain yesterday, he wrote out a number of items on the window of his shop. For the first time that he can remember, the rain has spoiled his art. Half of a cob of corn is washed away, the other half ruined by dripping paint. As Mayor Reginald Jacobs finishes a stack of paperwork, he pauses and stretches. A deep soreness has settled in his shoulders, and the constant writing and signing has given him a cramp in his hand. The perfection that the citizens of Westburg have known and never questioned their whole lives has left. They are stuck with pure, unfiltered reality, a harsh and unforgiving landscape with which they have never had to deal. Not that any of the citizens would have noticed, but this morning they still had approximately half of their perfection left, outside of small, isolated pockets marked by circles of mushrooms and other flowers. The last of the perfection was strained, pushed, and suddenly banished about half a minute ago. The resulting shockwave caused numerous pencils to snap their lead, buttons to pop off shirts, and caused the unfortunate Jeff Jones to roll his ankle slipping off the curb as he walked to the bakery to join his wife. There's your chance. <laughs> Damien Wade. He's on his way out. <clears throat> we now return to our players. Forrest Woodman, you stand outside of Westburg. You have heard mysterious, hungry voices from in the forest. What do you do? I take a deep, 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 deep breath. I believe last time I mentioned that um, I had a pocket full or a fistful of old iron nails. I'm going to grab those, but I'm going to take a half second to kind of look around. Do I see anything? Is there anything catching my attention? Uh, go ahead and roll a check for me. We're not going to go with that dice. We're going to go with this dice. You have a skill you'd like to use? Uh... No. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a four. <clears throat> four. Okay. Yeah. As you look out, you see, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe not an exact number with a four, but you see out in the forest beyond tons of teeny tiny little pairs of eyes. Well, this is either terrifying or sweet. I'm going to decide later. I'm going to throw that fistful of iron nails out in front of me. Okay. And I'm going to get my tail back across that track. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if anything is in hot pursuit of me. Doesn't seem like it just yet. Okay. Then I'm going to get my tail across that track. As you crossed out of Westburg, you felt like this sensation, like you were pushing against something physical, a force keeping you in the town. As you cross back in, you feel almost like an opposite sensation. The air over the tracks eagerly pulls you back in. Though you merely hopped over it real quick like, you feel yourself pulled and you cross this short distance in what feels like half the time it would normally take. Well, I tell y'all fellas what, I don't know how a train stays on them tracks. It's real pushing one way, pulling another, you know, it's crazy. 
By the yeah, way, there's a lot, right? of, lot of um, no, emotionally no, and physically oh. probably. Oh, um, uh, there's a lots of eyes over on the mother side there. Uh, very lots, hungry ones. What, what? I'm sorry. Did you say eyes? Yeah. Uh, now eyes is normal in a forest. All right. But these ones don't seem like normal forest eyes, like what you see on like a deer or a raccoon or a bird or a beaver or whatnot. Mm-hmm. These are more, they're like people eyes, but n- but not people eyes. Maybe like people eyes, but too small and a little pointy. So kid eyes? Yeah, like pointy, too small, little people eyes, like what the voice above the uh, uh, cells didn't say there. So why are we talking children here exactly, or what do you mean? Well, if it is a bunch of children on the other side of that track there, I'm assuming there's an escaped orphan break, orphanage break, um... But I don't think, or I mean, they did say they were hungry. Maybe it's a, it could be an orphanage. You know, only getting one heaping spoonful of gruel every day would make a fellow mighty hungry, I bet. But, um, anyone who wants to can roll me a check, and I will tell you when you think about skills to use, this is going to be knowledge based. Yeah, it's not going to be me. So, someone else roll. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'll use an investigation check. Um, I'm not going to say investigation applies. Wow, this is so sad. What about woodcraft? Nope. Maybe no. Okay. Uh, communication, maybe. No, not communication. Great. Well, without any skills, that's a three. A three. That's good enough to know that you don't think that. (laughs) That's good enough to know that, as far as you know, there are no orphanages near Westburg. Ah. Uh, Certainly none within Westburg proper. Yeah. No, there's never been an orphan child in Westbrook's history. That makes sense. I think we've only got the one single parent, too, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Me. Yeah, Stuart is the only single parent. The most eligible bachelor in Westbrook. Oh, you stop it. (laughs) What do you guys do? Cry? Give up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to cross those tracks... Yeah, no, I'd only go the one way, the way inward way, you know? It's easier to go that way, and a lot less hungry stuff on the other side. Should we go tell the mayor? I don't know if this is mayor stuff. Do we know any, like, weird old people? They know about this sort of thing. Mayor, maybe? We can always go check at the bakery. (laughs) Where we found the, uh, you know, the mushrooms and stuff. Yeah, you know mm. what? Maybe we can ask for some clover rolls to help us think it over. Yeah, it's a great idea for us. Thank you. All right, so you guys disembark from this section of forest and embark on a Although didn't, trip. Didn't Dr. Powers just get called about... Um, oh, yeah, Dr. Oh, Powers, you just got called about your wife. That's correct. Maybe we should do something about that. Hmm... <laughs> You sure? Well, no, listen. <laughs> I mean, Zane's been trying to We're kill going. her for the past God knows how long, so maybe <laughs> she should just date that. <laughs> He's just unconscious. Who knows? She could wake up soon. See, I don't like the way you said that. Now I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, yes, we should go check up on her. All right, so you guys embark on a trip to the hospital. I'm assuming you guys are all loading up in Forrest's pickup. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of hay bales in the back they can sit on for like a whole fun little hay ride sort of thing. As you guys all pile in Forrest's pickup truck, an alarm goes off. Not a real physical alarm, 
But Stuart, your internal clock has always been pretty good. And you just suddenly realize it's 3.30, so it's almost time to go oh. pick up Robert. Oh, yeah. I gotta go get my boy. Oh, well, we, okay. can, we can go pick him up. In my He's on the way, pick right? Him up. Yeah, everything in Westburg's on the way to something Westburg. Yeah, perfect. Alright, let's get on over there. Alright, so you guys drive through the beautiful town of Westburg. I but, usually go 50 in the 40s. I think today I'm gonna go 30, just to be on the safer side. Smart call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you guys drive through the town there's a feeling usually Westburg is very beautiful in fact it's you might say it's always got the perfect weather but as you drive through the town the weather is still fine and it's still rather pretty but there's just a feeling dragging you down a bit drive through the town I, mean, I feel like the third flapjack on a stack right now, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. You guys pull up to the schoolhouse just in time to see Angela walk out with Robert. She wears the same blue dress with science stuff on it you saw her wearing earlier in the day. But she's mm-hmm. got something tucked under her arm. Is she the frizz? Uh, the science stuff. <laughs> no, she's, I think she's blonde. I forgot. Uh, yeah, like dirty blonde. Yeah, I like dirty blonde. Whatever color Damien's got in his hair, it's the same. Yeah. All right, so Close-ish. you see her walking out. Stuart, do you hop out? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so the people that answered me, none of them were Stuart. We are Stuart. <laughs> I'm Stuart. Stuart is now a collective hive mind. Um, <laughs> Yes, Stuart, all of us, do exit the track. <laughs> okay, so you uh, walk up to Angela and Robert. Little Robbie, how was school? It was very fun. After the juggling, we finished the calc- the book, Cat Pillar. Nice. And then Miss Wade taught, taught us five and seven. And those numbers... Equal 45, which is cool. And it's different from 5 and 6, which is 30. Oh, my goodness. I got a brainiac on my hands. Did he say 5 and 7 was 45? Yeah, I'm not the only one. I It's been a minute since I've been in school, but I thought those were different together. Hey, you know, it's his first time. He didn't get cut him a break. No, I'm not down him. I'm down listen, me. Even no, no, no. Hey, listen. Even 22 year old adults sometimes could get that confused. Maybe, maybe even 23 year old adults. Oh right. <laughs> but certainly not 25 year olds. They've been on lockdown. Oh God. Um, and <laughs> I'm gonna talk to my sister. Uh, hey, how you doing? Hold on, give me a second. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you I did. I did. I look back at the recording. I'm like, 30? What? I just. Oh, God. The amount of times this recording I've had to mute myself so the mic doesn't pick up me laughing hysterically. Oh, you can let it out. 
Oh my god. Uh, Miss Ray, bro, could you please comment? confirm the numbers for us? Because I'm getting a little <laughs> math attack. Well, wait, he's, I mean, they, they're just learning it. He's getting it. No, I'm not doubting him. I'm doubting me, Miss Wade. I need help. Seven uh, times seven please, uh, is 35. You said yes. Seven times seven. Oh, seven. Oh, my goodness. We are trying to learn math, okay? No more math for the rest of the episode. To be fair, stuff. No math. No math. Just death. Yes. There's a reason why the system I made only does plus one and plus three. I can't do fucking math. No math. We can be meta for a second. This is part of the imperfectness, no? Maybe. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I'll give you that. What's Gavin? My bad. Gavin. Continuity. Continuity. Um, yeah, so she says, yes, seven times five is 35, seven times seven is 49, but we're not quite there yet. Oh, okay. okay, but I feel like you that's skipped something a, a little, a little spoiler lesson. Yeah, it's a little spoiler. That's next week. Anyway, math aside, um, are y'all feeling all right? I know yeah. it's been a little, uh, I don't know, I, I've got this feeling it's ever since a little while like ago. Like someone is watching it. me. Well, okay, yeah, so. Literally, though, because then I'm all the eyes. I was, I was just going to tell Stuart this, but I, you know, I don't mind telling all of you. I mean, I've been feeling weird uh, all day today. I mm. and she reaches out and pulls out what she had tucked under her arm, and it is a book. It's a it's a notebook, mm. and she hands it to uh, you, Stuart. She says, "Um, shortly before she passed, Cynthia gave me her diary." Oh, yeah, it was like that Halloween, and. She said to give it to you once you'd had time to mourn, which kind of an odd thing to say. Mm-hmm. But once she passed, I, I mean, I totally forgot about it. Not just the fact that what she said, but that I even had the diary. But this morning I just woke up thinking about it. I meant to give it to you earlier, but you guys came and went so fast that I totally forgot. Left it on my desk. Mm. Well, better, better late than never. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go ahead and crack her open and see what's uh, going on. Isn't it imperson- a bit uh, personal to read? Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to look diary. personally. I'm not going to go. To yeah, let's book. have a group reading. reading later. No, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pop this open once uh, my boy's gone to bed. Oh, um, are you sure about that? I feel as though it might be important. <clears throat> That's a hint. Here, are there uh, any eyes I, I, on the notebook? I'll uh, I'll thumb through it. Okay, and I'll do my my librarian speed read. Oh, that's right. Is that a skill you have actually? Uh, speed reading? No, it's my. I feel like it should uh, be. It, it, should, it would fit, but. All right. What does he say? Does he see? I will read to you. Page sixty nine. Stuart was nice. real good tonight. So, Boom. you you flip through and you notice that from. Most of the diary, it's ordinary diary, just mundane days. But at the very front, there's three pages that were torn out of the back and stuck in the front. So I will read to you those three pages. That's all topsy-turvy round backwards like. October 29th. This afternoon, I woke up in a hospital bed. Stuart tells me I collapsed, but I can't remember that happening. We'd finally got a little baby Robbie to bed. 
Maybe I was just tired. Mama did always tell me that raising a child would take work. But no, I don't think that's it. My wrists hurt when I woke up, and now I've got bruises on them. Dr. Green doesn't know what to make of them. He says he's never seen anything like it. He asked if I landed on any toys when I fell, maybe a model train track or something, but we haven't gotten Robbie any hard toys yet. He's too small. Even if I had fallen on something, it doesn't explain how the bruises go all the way around my wrists. Since I woke up, I felt weird. Not bad, just weird. Kind of like my whole life I've been happy and never needed to feel sad. But now I can? It's hard to explain. I'm not sad. But if something sad happened, I would be. That's just normal, right? October 30th. Forrest's calling to me. I didn't notice it yesterday because I'd just woken up, but something out there wants me. Maybe it's related to why I collapsed on Tuesday. I don't want to leave. Stuart and Robbie are here. And I can't leave them, but I feel like something bad will happen if I don't go. Not the only weird thing about today. Stewie made me a cup of tea this morning, just how he always does, with just a little spoonful of honey. I didn't tell him, but when I drank it, still really bitter. I watched him make it, and he put the right amount of honey. It's like that feeling I had yesterday. Feel like I've always had the perfect cup of tea, and this morning it just wasn't. October 31st. There was a lady in my dream last night. She called herself Titania. She told me I had to go with her, and if I didn't, she'd hurt my boys. She said a lot of stuff I didn't understand, but apparently the town's got some sort of protection around it that she's trying to break. She said if I went with her, she'd hold off breaking it. I don't want to go. I love my sweet little Robbie. I don't want to see him grow up. And I love my goofy husband. I don't want to leave his side. But I know I have to go. Maybe this will stop the weird feelings I've been having. Maybe it'll help the town. I don't know. I just hope she won't hurt my boys. Going today. That's what the lady said I had to do to keep everyone safe. I'm not telling Angie what's going on, but I'm leaving this book with her. She'll know to give this to Stuart once he's had time to mourn. Stuart, when you read this, know I love you. And I wouldn't leave you if I felt I had any choice. I want you to remember me in these pages. Put these last few days up front so hopefully you'll understand. But the rest is just my diary. I know I told you you could never read it. It's okay now. Give my love to Robbie. Raise him well. Oh. And then the rest is... Memories. My heart. Immediate, wow. immediate tears. That's immediately wild, fall to my dude. knees and, and sob. Uh, Angela uh, walks up to you, puts a hand on your shoulder. Are you okay? I'm also going to run up to him. Hey, hey, buddy. What, what's going on? <gasps> uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was okay, honestly. Oh. Wh- Oof. What, uh, are, are, what's happening? What, what's going on? It, wh- I'm so I- confused. She she had to leave. She I don't know if she's dead, but she did it to save the town and to save me and my boy. What, uh, Doctor Powers? We got to get to your wife now, huh? Yeah, let, let, let's go oh. ahead and go do that. Oh, okay. Let, let's move. Pile uh, in the pickup. Um, we'll go sixty in the forty this time. We all, all get right, there move. quick, like. Uh, Are we taking uh, <laughs> yeah. my sister? A- Angela goes. 
if need be, I can take Robert home, I guess. Yes, please. That would That's be wonderful. We have some. All right, Robbie, we got your dad's got to do something very important today. Okay. So I need you to go with your nice teacher and she's going to take care of you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Don't have too many sweets, but you can have three when you get home. Ooh, cool. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to pull him aside real quick uh, and just be like, hey, um, go ahead. You guys can go to my place. Um, make sure to lock her up real nice and good uh, and just stay there for a little bit until we get back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. Cool. What do you guys do? As okay, we lovely. pile into the pickup, I'm going to pop open the glove box. And um, hand Stewart the prior untouched uh, bar of emotional support chocolate that I always keep in there. Oh, <laughs> ain't nobody needs it. How long has it been there? Oh, he years. Gobbles it down. Years, but it's it's like a good dark chocolate, so like it's untouched by time. Can it? Well, is it still untouched by time? Did we? Nope, it is gone. <laughs> okay. well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're gonna have a stomach ache in the fourth quarter, and it's gonna suck. The raspberries <laughs> in the um, chocolate bar have probably fermented into wine over the course of like the past half hour. <laughs> oh, so he's getting a little buzzed. Perfect. Yeah. When we get when we get this all sort of taken care of, you can dip into the emotional support vodka. I also ain't touched. <laughs> <laughs> All right, vamanos, let's go. All right, so you guys head to the hospital of Westburg. You rush in and they let you in no problem. They know who you are. Dr. Powers, you get to the hospital room. You pull open the door. Same. <laughs> Your wife lays in the bed, eyes closed. You're used to seeing her strong. But here laying in the bed, she seems weak. Perhaps, perhaps the first time you've ever seen her like this. Sorry, I'm taking in the moment. Give me a second. Hmm? <sighs> is her chest rising and falling? Yes, she is breathing. She's okay, not. Okay. She's. Yeah. The, the heart rate monitor. Oh, get the beeps. Beep softly. Okay. You know, I think I might need to get myself a second bar of emotional support chocolate for the good doctor here. Um, I feel like I should know what to say here. I just, I don't know. I just don't. It's it's a hard time. I, mean, no, I really just don't know what to say. Yeah. The heart works in serious ways. I'm going to go to the vending machine to get Dr. Powers <laughs> and another emotional support chocolate bar. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to kind of like, you know, from what um, I read about in the diary about like the train track shaped things, kind of see um, if I can see that on. Yes. Dr. Powers so this is like this is because like we also got a call. Yes. Right? This is oh, what yeah, Dr. Exactly. Green called uh, called Dr. Powers about. Yes. As you you look in and you can see on her wrist bruising all the way around. But the cleanest goddamn bruising you've ever seen in the shape of, you know, mm. repeating train tracks around both wrists. You said it was clean? I think this has... Yeah, it's it's not like, you know, it's not like a, a bit of a cir- splotchy, splotchy circle. It's like sharp edges to the Sharp line. edges like of lines of a train track. Yeah, but it's bruises. So it's bruises. Bruise yeah. Full, full. What coloration is the bruise? Um, green? Is it green? Yeah, it's... It, um, I don't know what color are bruises. They just, purples and green. Purple they start purple and, and then they move it, to green. It looks yellow. like 
a bruise all the way around both wrists, but the shape of it is clean lines. And outside of the lines, there's no no evidence of trauma, so to speak. Like untouched skin. Yeah, like like untouched skin. Like how her wrists mm. would be if they weren't bruised. Interesting. I don't, I don't like this, boys. Uh, what this diary is telling me, the same thing happened to my wife. What about that uh, other book she you got, Stuart? Other? The one we picked up with the library when I was getting my book about uh, lost and forgotten dreams. Oh, right. Oh, I, I pull out that book the, and kind of do my classic librarian speed read. Uh, so you pull out the English and Scottish popular ballads by Francis James Child? <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just confirming. I'm confirming which book that you get. Uh, yeah, that that is the only other book I've got on my person at the moment. Okay, Love would it. you go ahead and roll for me a check to see if you can discover the relevant information? Would he be rolling like investigation? I was gonna say, yeah. Can I use my investigation skill? Sure. Or maybe juggling because he's got a lot of balls in the air right now, metaphorically <laughs> yeah, speaking. Yeah, he is That's a true. lot. He's emotionally That's juggling true. a lot. Yeah. You get to make that call, Mr. Oh, Man. sorry. I spaced out thinking about the next thing. Uh, no, you can't roll a juggling yeah, check like, for this. Unfair. Listen, I loved the explanation, but it's fine. Okay. Um, an investigation check is a four. A four. Okay, cool. So you flip through, and there is a lot of stories. I mean, it's it's a book of ballads, and you see... I would list names, but I forgot to research other names besides the most important one. But you see a lot of names of ballads in here, a lot of interesting ballads, but your eyes catches one. Um, this is the story of Tam Lin. Now, I would read to you the whole ballad. However, I'm speed reading. So however, you know, I the read whole ballad would take me nine minutes to read. So he's oh, going to read wow. every fourth word. This ballad opens with a stanza warning young women not to go into the forest near Carter Howe. In that forest resides Tam Lin. If they pass by him, he'll either take a possession or their maidenhood. Young Janet ignores this warning. Yes. Yeah. Young Janet ignores this warning as she was given the forest... They'll grow old and go straight into grown phase. Young Janet ignores this warning as she was given the forest by her father. She meets with Tam Lin after picking a double rose. After some short conversation, she leaves Tam Lin returning to her home. It is there that she discovers she is pregnant. And she tells the village that the father is an elf whom she will not forsake. Janet returns to the forest and meets Tam Lin once again. Amlin reveals to her that he is, in fact, a mortal man who was kidnapped by the Queen of Fairies many years ago when he fell from his horse. Every seven years, the fairies owe a tithe to hell on the night of Halloween. Tamlin fears that he will be this tithe as the fairies are loath to lose one of their own. He is to ride as a part of ret a retinue of eleven knights in order to save him from hell. Tamlin instructs Janet to pull the white rider from his horse. This will be Tamlin. He warns her that the fairies will attempt to make her let him go by turning him into all manner of creatures and things, including a hot iron. Janet does as instructed, and the queen of fairies, while angry, acknowledges her defeat, and Tamlin is saved from being sent to hell. 
you find a note tucked in the book with this section. The note reads, Informative, those the solution they provided appears to be simply storytelling. RJP. The mayor. It makes sense. Oh. How many days until Halloween? Uh, it is currently Wednesday, October 29th. Oh, wow. Oh, my oh Jesus man. Christ, man. All right. So I'm assuming we <laughs> go to the mayor next. Do you need a moment with your wife, Dr. Powers? Wait, wait, is it for starting I just don't know. We need to get to the mayor, but do you need us to, like, do you need, like, to hang tight for a moment just so you can kind of check in on your wife and all of that good stuff? Uh, it should be fine. Let's go. This man really hates her for real. <laughs> Nothing is wrong in Westburg. I know. What What did, what did she well, do to you? She didn't do anything to I just me. It know. was just like, I mean, again, there's not much I can really do, you know? She's just kind of there. What happened to you? What? I just, do you I not know. know who I am? Something, something's wrong. Hey, uh, may no, I guess not. Dr. Powers, mm-hmm. would you roll for me a check? And uh, if you want to use a skill for it, I will tell you this is a seeing or noticing based check. Nah, I'm, I'm somewhat confident in my dice skills. I'm not, but let's see. Okay. Your skills I'm confident in. Your dice I'm not. A five? Uh, As you uh, turn to say, she'll be fine. I mean, I can't do anything here. You see the little flutter in her eyelids of someone waking up. Not fully there yet, but she's starting to wake up. Yeah. You sure you don't need a moment just to kind of... I mean, come on, man. That's that's your wife. All right. So... At least check in on her. Damien... Stewart and Forrest, you guys step out of the room. Dr. Powers... Chocolate's a good idea, boys. Let's go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dr. Powers, you sit with your wife. As you sit, her eyes flutter and open. Matthew? Yeah? You there? Yeah, it's me. Feel so cold. What what happened to you? I don't know. I just we were I was putting dishes away. Then and it was here. So you just collapsed out of nowhere? Yes, I don't know. Weird feeling inside. Like it like sadness, but like I'm not sad. But like it could be. Uh, I can't. I don't really quite follow you there. But I think I, I understand. I don't get it myself. But you're here with me. Of course. How, how do you feel right now exactly? I don't know. I just. I'm glad to see you. I, I didn't know you cared. I may be emotionally unavailable. That may just kind of be how I... What this profession done to me. 
I do still care about you. I will never change. And I'm sorry if I haven't been showing that lately. It's alright, I'm just... Glad to see you by my side. Glad you're by my side, too. I think I'm gonna go back to sleep, though. I'm so tired. You want me to stay here? No. I mean, I, I, saw, I saw those boys out in the hallway. You do what you need to do. You just rest up here. And when I get a call that you're awake, I'll be back for you. Okay? Alright. Alright, stay safe. She closes her eyes and goes back to sleep. <sighs> so, do you guys go to City Hall to see the mayor? I kind of want to pull aside. He does care. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Woo! I knew yes, it. Yes, I care. Very sweet. I'm showing emotions, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, if emotionally uh, yeah, Dr. Powers go, is we, what's we wrong go. with Westberg, I don't want to see what's yeah. right with it. Aww. <laughs> that was so cool. Uh, so, I mean, yes, let's go talk to the mayor, yeah? All right. Real quick, pull For aside sure. Dr. Green, the doctor doctor. Oh, uh, hey, Forrest, how can I help you? This is just some shot in the dark guesswork mumbo jumbo bullshit, but you might try an iron infusion and see if that does anything. I, I mean, I don't know nothing about medicine. I've, the most I've ever done is bandage a bird wing, but it might do something. Well, somebody's got to bandage birds. I'll, I'll I mean... I'll check her iron levels, and I'll see what I can do. Thanks for the tip. Oh, and if she say anything about going to the forest, like, get, call Dr. Powers. There's some weird stuff going on. All right. Well, I mean, I'll call him as soon as she wakes up, but I guess I'll also call him if she mentions forests. Not forests and me forests. Forests is in, like, the tree <laughs> one. No, I understand. Oh, she's trying I to come clear. for me. Tell her no. <laughs> I understand. I do have a doctorate degree. <laughs> Oh, I mean, English can get funky no matter what you got, you know? That's fair, though. It was my minor. Impressive. <laughs> yep. That poor man. I can barely read. <laughs> well, right. uh, thank you for the advice, and I'll, I'll let you guys know if anything changes. So as we're walking or driving one, I want to uh, grab Forrest as we're I don't know, in the car, like wherever we are, uh, and just ask... Hey, so you, you got this whole fixation with the whole iron thing. What's that about? Oh. Well, the guy who plays me is real into this sort of stuff, so he just really likes this yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was trying to give you a canon reason. You live out in the forest. Oh, yeah, that's right. I live out in the forest, and, I mean, the railroad tracks, they was made of iron, and they did some uh -huh. wacky wild stuff, right? Uh, oh, so. wait, like the iron is keeping us safe. Wait, that makes sense. Is either keeping us safe or them unsafe? I don't, but I mean, for our mm. perspectives, it's the same difference, isn't it? Wait, do you think maybe there's a crack in the track somewhere? And that's how this track crack? In? If you will, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's just like the seven thing that was mentioned in, in, the, in the other thing and also in the book. Oh, yeah, that seems also important, yeah. But it could also be a track crack. I mean, that could be how she's trying to break the thing. This mm. this titanium lady. <laughs> yeah. Porque no los dos. Yes, because titanium yeah. and iron are opposite metals. No español. <laughs> All right, so you guys, be both. You guys, years and a crack in the track. Make your way to City Hall. Yes. You know, crack in the track was my nickname and back in high school. As you guys <laughs> are on your way, you realize it said RJP, 
The mayor's just called Reginald Jacobs. There's no P in it. The thing, though, is there's actually a silent P at the end. He's Jacobs. P. <laughs> sure. Anyways, would we know would we know anyone else with a with initials like that? Uh, go ahead and roll a check for me, and I will say this would be if you have anything that would be history based. History. Could I arrive at a oh. conclusion in the nick of time? <laughs> I I see what you're shooting for, but uh, okay, no, I'll just roll it flat. Well, that's a four. Four. Okay. Um, I have no history-based skills unless you'd oh, let so me use investigation. What are, what are your skills? I thought you had something great. Uh, I have communication, investigation, and leadership. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, yeah, I don't think this would be investigation because this, you know. Yeah. You would have had to have... Um, yeah. I did get a five. Oh, five. Uh, as you sit and think on your way to the, the city hall, you... Remember a bit of history you learned in school in Westburg when all of you were young. The, the man that founded our wonderful town of Westburg was named R.J. Parnassus. I bet he called, got called so many silly names back in Probably. high school. I would imagine so. Um, so maybe instead of heading to the mayor's office, we head to the library and see if we can't find anything on this guy. I mean, obviously he was very deeply into whatever's going on, right? So, or if there's Bingo. like a statue of a guy in the middle of town that has like a secret, yeah, with hole a secret compartment. I, I you know, I like the way you think for us. Mm. Secret compartment first, library second. All right, and it's on the way, so that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So you guys <laughs> make your way to the center of the town square, which is of course right by City Hall. Standing out front of City Hall, a 15-foot-tall bronze statue of the man, oh. R.J. Parnassus. R.J. stands, obviously 15 feet tall, with a wide-brimmed top hat and a large, bushy mustache. He holds out a cane, severe look that he holds over the town. A friendly, but severe nonetheless look. You know, so, I never noticed how disappointed his expression looks before. You mm -hmm. know, I was just kind of was like, yep, that's a nice face he's got. You, you look, it's it's not necessarily disappointed. Yeah, but it's severe. It's it's more worried in a very serious way. Well, I ain't Grave. experienced disappointment nor worry before, so I'm kind of mixing the two up a little bit. I'm <laughs> still getting used to these negative emotions. All right. Um, I said we take a look around the, the base of the statue, no? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right, let's do it, I think this would be fair for me to use an investigation check. It I absolutely would. Detailed viewing, which could be helpful. Yeah. You guys can That's go ahead. That's a six, baby. A six, baby. I got a five plus one, which is a six. So, uh, I will say... That's a 12 total. The two of you together... True. Uh, Damien, you start looking at the statue itself, whereas, Stuart, you look at the pedestal on which it stands. As you're looking at the pedestal, there is a brick that you find to the side that is a little bit loose. And you give it just a, a wee little bit of a push in. And right at the moment that you, you do that, Stuart, Damien, you just touch to, you know, like, you know when you're like looking at something that's cool that you probably shouldn't touch and you touch it? 
So you, oh, I, I do that all the time. Yeah, you touch and grab his... Uh, Zing gets on to me doing that with the microphone while we're recording. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, wait. I grab his what? You grab his... I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so as, as Stuart pushes in this brick, you grab the cane and mm-hmm. give it a little bit of a tug. And it... <laughs> yeah, I do. And it, you know... His arm turns and click, and the brick sinks in, sinks in, and the whole statue glides backwards, revealing the Declaration of Independence. A stairwell <laughs> down. <laughs> a stairwell? Yes. Down. All right, let's off we go. Yeah, when in Rome, right? You climb down the stairs. Wait, we're in Westburg. Into what appears oh, to be a study. Tall, dark bookshelves line the walls. Aged books lining the shelves. In the middle of the room sits a large, dark wooden table. While the shelves feature ornate carvings, this table is simple in design. Merely a large slab of wood on some straight wooden legs. Upon the table lies books and notes written in a tight, cramped handwriting. You immediately recognize this, Stuart, as the same handwriting from... The note you found tucked into the English and Scottish popular ballads by Francis James Child. You look around, all of these books bear titles, mentioning some kind of mysticism or fairy lore. Step forward Mm -hmm. and one note stands out from the rest. Here's to be the most recently written, set on a little bit of a lectern to the side of the desk. This is what the note says. It seems that the best protection from our town comes in the form of a protective circle. They use circles to bring their magic. We will use them to stop it. Hopefully, I can ensure that the townsfolk forget of this threat and can live their lives as perfectly they wish. Perhaps I will make use of this new technology I have heard of. The steam locomotive. We can disguise the circle with its tracks and use the engine itself to reapply the magic daily. This should keep them out. The only thing that could make the magic wane would be if the driver were to stop driving. We'll have to ensure that such a thing never occurs. And that is where we're going to end today's no. episode. Gavin, you know this no, is what Zane, Zane. Does every time. Uh, uh, I always knew that trains I just were forget. Good. The best thing ever. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt Powers from the new miniseries, along with X from our main series, Dungeons, and don't worry about it. As always, thanks for listening, and if you ended up liking that, be sure to follow us on all of our social media at DDWAI Podcast on our Twitter, Instagram, and on our TikTok. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. Look forward to future ones, and as always, hope you have a good one. Stay safe out there.